Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews where for over eight years we've been asking the franchisepreneurs of all one. I'm your host Marty McDermott and I'm the president of Franchise Interviews and we have a great show this morning. We're meeting with Dom Siriello of Bookkeeping Express. And Bookkeeping Express is a national company that provides businesses with professional bookkeeping services and that's coming right up on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we've got a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over a few years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. 
where you can hear and read interviews as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Check out our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. Get three months of free advertising when you sign up for our one-year package. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, where for over five years we've been asking the franchipreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, and I'm the president of Franchise Interviews. And as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Dom Sorello of Bookkeeping Express. And Bookkeeping Express is a national company that provides businesses with professional bookkeeping services. Hey, Dom, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Very good. Thanks for having me, Marty. I'm doing good. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Dom. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning? Uh, I live in the uh, Tampa Bay area, a small town on the suburbs of uh, Tampa, Riverview, Florida. Uh, oh, nice, nice. But, How's the weather down there today? Uh, today it's very windy. Uh, the last couple of days it's been very uh, rainy with uh, Tropical Storm Debbie out there. Uh, oh, but, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's but right. uh, no, today's uh, today's looking much better. That's good. That's good. You know, when I read your bio, Dom, I, I knew we had to have you on the show. Um, maybe you could just tell, like, a, I guess, a little bit about what you were doing before um, joining Bookkeeping Express. Okay. Well, um, prior to uh, Bookkeeping Express, I was part of Corporate America. I mm-hmm. was um, uh, working uh, as a program manager and uh, business analyst for telecommunications and software companies. And then prior to that, uh, I was a uh, officer in the uh, United States Air Force, served mm-hmm. my company or country for uh, 13 years. That's uh, there I did um, program management. I did a lot of research and development. I had a very uh, rich and varied career in the Air Force. For our, our listeners, Dom, who might be unfamiliar with Bookkeeping Express, maybe you can um, explain the, the concept of Bookkeeping Express and uh, your position also with the company. Okay, well, at Bookkeeping Express, uh, we call ourselves uh, profit and go- growth experts. Uh, we offer the uh, traditional uh, bookkeeping services with a uh, technology-driven solution. We are an Intuit partner, and um, we are an outsourced bookkeeping um, uh, approach where we actually uh, come in and partner with uh, small and medium businesses uh, so we are scalable. We have all our work is overseen by CPAs. Uh, we have um, many, many industry uh, studies and analyses that we bring to bear with our customers so we can help them uh, you know, maximize their profits, minimize their taxes, and grow their co- company. Uh, it's an important service. You know, there's. I was recently at uh, a franchise show, Dom, in uh, New York at the Jacob Javits Center, and I guess there was probably like about 300 different exhibitors there. And, you know, when you go through like a franchise directory, I think there's probably like about 2,500 different franchise opportunities in there. So what attracted you to, to Bookkeeping Express? I mean, sometimes it must be difficult uh, to, to narrow it down to that one franchise. Well, I had looked. Uh, I had been looking for over a year. Uh, I looked by myself, and I looked with the help of a franchise coach. 
Uh, I wanted something that would match my skills and abilities. Um, I had done just about everything I could and gone as mm-hmm. high as I could in corporate America. Um, I'm very analytical and um, excellent with numbers. Uh, and also I was looking for something that, that wasn't going to require a a large initial investment. Right. And uh, I'd looked at several, and Bookkeeping Express was um, – it. It just met every one of my needs, uh, probably even more than I uh, could have imagined. That's great. So, I mean, is it necessary to have experience in getting into a bookkeeping express? I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably wondering, saying, okay, do I need experience to get into this type of business? I I think the experience is helpful, but uh, I have no direct um, bookkeeping or accounting experience. I have... um, a systems management degree, which um, it, it heavily uh, concentrated on accounting, management accounting, bookkeeping. Uh, but uh, I, I think the real thing is the uh, the drive and um, and the desire to um, to be a problem solver for your career, right. uh, which is really what uh, you come in into a company as a partner being, as a problem solver for that company. If you've got those things, I think you can be successful. Mm, that's well said. So what would you say, Don, I mean, sets Bookkeeping Express apart from some of the other, um, I guess you could say, service providers in your community? Well, uh, there are a, a number of CPA firms and a number of bookkeeping mm-hmm. firms in um, the company, and they can um, they are local and, and very good at what they do. Uh, what we offer is we have all the benefits of a local company because I am actually the uh, the business part the business's partner. I'm in working with the uh, the customer, but also we have the ability to rever- to leverage a uh, a national organization uh, by using our team center, where we have bookkeepers uh, under the the oversight of a director and a, uh, a CPA that are actually working the customer's uh, bookkeeping needs. So we're scalable, uh, we can expand and we're responsive quickly, and we've got a technology-driven solution where uh, a customer can, can have access to his records and his reports, his customized reports, 24-7. Yeah, that's important. So how would you explain the, I guess, the training and support you received from Bookkeeping Express during, um, like, the pre-opening phase of your business, Tom? Well, it was um, it was excellent. And when I looked at it uh, originally, um, I thought, oh, my gosh, why are they putting me through this? And then I realized <laughs> that uh, that they actually, I mean, one of the things that they helped me with is um, is, is the marketing end of things, which is mm-hmm. uh, they – they taught me how to market my uh, my business, and then they've also uh, helped me uh, with the accounting and bookkeeping end of things, uh, filling in some of the uh, the gaps in my knowledge. Uh, and then they're always there for me. I mean, they're they're an email away, they're a phone call away. Uh, you know, I, I can't overstate that enough that uh, they want me to be successful, and uh, their training and their responsiveness really helps me. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I know they're big as far as, like, giving back to, you know, the community and things like that. So wh- what do you initially hope to do for the small business community in the region you serve? And, you know, what are your, I guess you could see your long-term goals uh, for this business, Tom? Well, immediately, you know, we're, we're starting up, and um, 
you know, I'm I'm out there making myself known, making my mm-hmm. my company known. And um I'm expecting right now to um to grow the business uh, eventually uh very soon, hopefully uh hire some additional employees. Um uh, and then eventually I, I I hope to expand. Uh right now right. I'm servicing the uh the East Tampa area, but uh yeah, as every company uh, you know, you hope to expand uh and I hope to as well. I hope to be very successful. Obviously, that's why I'm in the business. There's, um, I, I'm working on my uh, dissertation, um, and, and there was an interesting um, statistic I came across uh, said by the Small Business Administration. Um, they said that, I guess it looks like veterans in the private sector are 45% more likely to go into their own business than those individuals that have no active-duty military experience. Um, why do you think that is? Um, it seems like a lot of military, you know, coming back uh, from the, the previous war, um, are going into their own business. Well, I, I want to say uh, this is a good point for me to say that I did listen to your uh, Memorial Day show. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for doing that. Uh, um, it's our pleasure. Yeah. One uh, one thing I think is is that uh, you know I I served my country uh, proudly, mm-hmm. and uh, I came right out of college. Uh, went into the Air Force. Uh, other people, my peers, uh, went right into corporate uh, America. Right. Um, as a result, I have a different set of skills and different experiences. But one of the things is, is that you know I've still got my 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 drive uh, from the military, uh, you know, from the Air Force. Uh, I'm always looking to to improve, to go higher, faster, uh, bigger. And uh, I had I had pretty much done everything that I could, and I think that that's pretty much where the the military people are. They're they're looking at things. I mean, you get put in charge of a a battalion, a company. Mm-hmm. You get put in charge of logistics. Uh, you get put in charge of accounting and finance. Uh, I think that the skills are there, the drive is there, and uh, people look at. Uh, at their opportunities in corporate America, and a lot of veterans will probably choose uh, franchising. Mm. I was going to say, I mean, have you noticed a link? Would you say that the military prepares you, Dom, it sounds like, um, for, for being, I don't want to say a better franchisee, but maybe sometimes maybe a more qualified franchisee? I mean, we've interviewed um, you know, a lot of people like yourself, you know, and um, it, it almost seems like with the military being a system and franchising being a system, it, it does seem like a good match, doesn't it, for um, for both? Well, yes, yes, it does. Um, there is there there is always the factor, you know, where you are uh, as as a franchisee, uh, mm-hmm. you are given a um, a, a system and right. possibly some procedures. And you are told to follow them, and you're also—it's assumed that you're going to fill in the blanks. You're not given a step-by-step. Uh, so that—that uh, mm-hmm. that is very, very similar to uh, right. almost everything I was done done in the military, um, where you're given an objective, you're given maybe a set of instructions, and you're expected to make it successful without having. 100% procedures and all the information, mm-hmm. and that uh, that can't be overstated. I mean, that is right. something the military taught me. Yeah, so. 
And is that why you went into franchising too, Dom? I mean, I guess, you know, you had some choices, you know. I mean, you probably, you know, you, you could have gone at this alone, I guess, if you wanted to, or you could have started your own company from all the experience that you had, you know. I, I mean, so why franchising then? I mean, was it some of the things that you just mentioned, I, I suspect? Well, franchising, uh, I get the opportunity, especially with Bookkeeping Express, to uh, mm-hmm. to, to leverage their process. Uh, right. You know the uh, the service offers that they they've set up. Um, so I don't have to invent all that. You know, with Bookkeeping Express, they've got a uh, a franchise ready for me uh, with right. procedures, and it, it's up to me to make it successful. Here, they do everything they can to help me, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I could have started maybe. Um, business analyst or, or consulting right. from the ground up, but this is an extra step towards success. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you guys are planning to serve, you know, the, the, the veteran um, community. I mean, how do you guys plan to, you know, service that, that particular segment of the population, Dom? Well, one thing is is that uh, I I go out and I look specifically for veteran-owned uh, companies, but... Right. Uh, uh, I am also um, very driven to uh, to hire veterans um, as employees, am, right? As employees, yes, mm-hmm. um, and specifically uh, focusing on veterans with service-connected disabilities or their caregivers. Uh, I have a u- unique opportunity in that I can actually have uh, people that are employees that I can uh, work from home or allow them to work from home and uh, that's something that is 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 very close to my heart um, and uh, something that I plan to give back and uh, a a promise that I plan to keep to uh, to other veterans yeah it's fantastic so what else would you like to share about is there anything else um, for our listeners Dom I mean that you can tell them about bookkeeping express as a franchise well, we've. Um, I will say that uh, Bookkeeping Express, as far as a, a franchise, uh, actually makes great sense for a franchisor. Um, we offer a, um, a a way for a franchisor to be able to get from his franchisees uh, consistent and uniform, on-time financial reports all at once. Uh, right. We call this Franchisor Express. Uh, so some of your listeners uh, may be looking at this, and, and this is a uh, excellent opportunity for for any franchisor or, or a franchisee if they're looking mm-hmm. to uh, to concentrate on their business and have somebody take care of their books. That's what we're here for, and that's what I'm here for. That's great. What's the best way for our listeners to get more information on all the different services provided by Bookkeeping Express? Are there any websites they should go to? I would direct them to the uh, franchisor's website. Uh, it's bookkeepingexpress.com. Okay, bookkeepingexpress.com. Right. Uh, the uh, the main number is 877-525-5337. Uh, they can get uh, in contact with the franchisor there. Uh, or they can call me at 877-2223-BKE in the East Tampa area. That's fantastic. And I want to thank you again, Dom, and especially thank you for protecting and serving our country for so many years. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's greatly appreciated. It, it's, it's guys like you that, you know, we're able to do this kind of show. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Tom. You have a great day, and we'll be right back with more Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. For over four years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Check out our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Need a business loan? Talk to Diamond Financial Services, the experts in franchise financing nationwide. Whether you're looking to start a franchise, acquire an existing franchise, or expand your territory through opening new locations, Diamond Financial stands by your side start to finish. From pre-qualification to packaging and presenting your application to securing a financial commitment and through the loan closing process, Diamond Financial is there. While you're waiting, thousands of others are making their financial dreams come true. Don't wait any longer. Pre-qualify now by completing a confidential, no-obligation financial analysis. Let's face it, traditional banks just aren't in the business of financing small business. At Diamond Financial, we specialize in securing franchise loans from $100,000 to $3 million and equipment leasing up to $150,000. Let us help you get started. Go to www.franchisefunding.net or call 877-508-2274. That's franchisefunding.net, 877-508-2274. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchipreneur who owns one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you ever dreamed of owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. And as we were saying earlier, Don, we have a great show today. We're meeting with the founder of Smart Tax Franchise Opportunity, Nick Rizzi. And Smart Tax is a franchise opportunity that differentiates itself from the rest by delivering top-quality professional services while allowing franchisees to focus more on quality of life. Hey, Nick, how you doing today? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, Nick. Nick, joining us is my co-host, Don Johnson, and I know, Don, you wanted to say good morning to Nick. Yep, Nick, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's perfect timing with, obviously, tax season. I think Marty says uh, you're a Brooklyn boy. Huh? Same with my father. He grew up there. Yes, he did. Uh, well, I am a Brooklyn boy. I was born, well, born in Italy, but raised in Brooklyn like uh, a lot of Italians are. I guess. Oh, yeah. fantastic, Nick. Yeah, I'm actually from Carroll Gardens myself, Nick, who I'm sure you're familiar with, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, one of our, our, our first office is actually uh, not too far from Carroll Gardens. Oh, isn't that right amazing? Wow. There you go. Well, I think we've only had two guests in three and a half years from uh, from Brooklyn, you know. So, uh, Don, I were both excited to have you on the show today, you know. But, um, uh, Nick, what were you doing before starting uh, Smart Tax? I know it's a great story. I was reading a little bit about your bio, and it's just a fascinating uh, entrepreneurial story. Right. Uh, well, uh, I'm a financial planner by trade. I've been doing yeah. it for about uh, 16 years now. Um, 
the way I got started, quite frankly, I was sitting at my desk. I was working at, working at a local bank there, and uh, a bus went by, and it said, learn to do taxes. And me being wow. a financial planner, I thought to myself, gee, I, I should learn to do taxes. That might come in handy. That's um, fantastic. Took the class, uh, you know, realized it was a great business to get into, get involved with, and um, here we are. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a great story. So how uh, how soon did... Um did you open up a couple locations? Did, did you know right from the start that you wanted to uh, franchise this concept? You know, t- talk about the history a little bit, Nick. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, well, like I said, the bus went by. I took the class, and while I was sitting in that class, and it was you know a, a couple of months or two or three months worth of classes, um, you know, you started asking questions. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how many returns does an average office do? You know, how much do they charge right. for an average return? And you start to do the math, and you realize, well, gee, this this is this is a pretty good business. And uh, right. along with that, you've always heard of the guy who works four months out of the year, mm-hmm. but you've never actually met him. Uh, <laughs> That's true, right? Uh, so one day, the, that guy walked in my bank, and uh, sure enough, he had a he had a nice sized bank account, and inevitably, you get to talk to me if you do. Um, and you got to talking to him, and, and and it just it just bolstered the the fact that this is a good business to get into. And after taking the classes. Um, I worked for a tax preparer for a season and decided, you know what, I want to get into this business. Uh, called around to uh, the other uh, other franchise systems, realized the, uh, the territories were all sold out where I wanted to open, um, and decided, well, either way, with or without them, I figured this would be a good good business to get into. And we did. We opened up our first store. Um, funny story about that is, you know, I was a financial planner. I was making relatively good money, I thought. Um, you know, and one day I was newly married at the time, and I kind of sit there and with my wife, and I go, you know what, this is what I want to do. Um, and then we, you know, you tell her, and she's on board, um, and, but then you have to announce this to the in-laws, right? And basically, this is what the story sounds <laughs> like true. when you announce it to the in-laws. Um, yeah. I'm making good money, suit and tie guy at a bank. Yeah. I'm going to quit that job. I'm going to open up a store. Uh, I've not done tax returns in any kind of volume, but I'm thinking the people there will show up. And I'm only going to work four months out of the year. That's fantastic. <laughs> As you can imagine, the in-laws weren't too thrilled with that. What did, right. what did my, my daughter do to herself? And, uh, you know, yeah. we had a success the first year. We had success the second year. We opened up a few more stores. Wow. And um, as that grew, you know, friends and family who had been asking me how it's going all along the way um, started saying, well, gee, can you help me open one? Um, wow. And I said, sure, why not? And, and as, and you know, we... we tacked on a few of those, and then I realized, gee, I need to be a franchise. I need to uh, uh, put this together in a formal way. And, and uh, here we are. We've been franchising literally since November of uh, '09, And uh, this is our first tax. Within a month or two, we had eight franchisees. So uh, we're, we're on our way. Uh, did it make it, you, you mentioned that you looked at other franchise companies. was all mm-hmm. sold out. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of competition. That's scary at all, starting up your own tax business franchising, knowing there's a lot of competition. Well, yeah, the uh, right. Uh, I mean, I did an exhausting amount of research in my my area anyway, and just to look at it at a national level, the, there are uh, you know 160 uh, million tax returns filed mm-hmm. a year in the U.S. 60 percent of which use paid preparers, and uh, the big guys, the H and R Block and Jackson Hewitt of, of the of the of the crew, they only represent 23 percent of the market. The rest is very fragmented with right. mom-and-pop type locations. That's right. So, uh, you know, I, I figured I can I can do this better than the next guy, at least I thought. Um, and yeah, I guess I did because uh, people responded and they, and they showed up. It didn't scare me because I knew it was out there. I knew it was a need. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, you've heard the saying, death and taxes. I sure. really don't want to be a mortician, so here we are. And, and, <laughs> and sure, enough, sure enough, in January, everybody's looking for me. 
So yeah, you talk you about the market being huge, Nick. I, I mean, it is a huge market. I mean, it, it really is incredible. You know, and Don and I spent a lot of time, you know, looking for like those like recession-proof uh, type of franchises. And, and I'd probably, you know, and you could say it if you like, I would classify this as a recession-proof type of franchise, wouldn't you say? I mean, even when the economy is bad, as you were saying, you still have to file your taxes, don't you? A- absolutely. Uh, you know, arguably we've had the, the worst unemployment and mm-hmm. uh you know in in quite a while i don't know they say you know generation or so but uh we've had what 9 9.7 i think is where it is right now yes and yeah. uh you know my, my current locations have grown in volume uh the the franchisees that have opened up a shop have I've obviously seen customers come in and and you know i can't imagine this being worse when it gets better uh right. people will forever need to get their taxes done unless they pass some kind of wacky law that doesn't make us pay taxes anymore yeah exactly and I mean, those laws are always changing, too, I guess, Nick, aren't they? You know, as far as tax laws, yeah, you're on top of that more than I am, you know. But uh, I, I think it is, of course, one of the advantages of using a service like yourself, too, you know, is because these laws change. And I guess when someone is filing unemployment for the first time, that's a new type mm-hmm. of tax form, too, isn't it? So, <laughs> it, it, Right. It's something that you might not be used to uh, filling out. Uh, you know what? And, and uh, the new legislation that has come through will only add forms, I know, uh, for example, you know, health care. You, you, right. uh, you have to indicate at some point whether you have health care or not. Well, gee, guess where you're going to have to indicate that? And that inevitably will be another form of some kind exactly. that people will have to deal with and, and uh, look for someone like myself or my franchisees to help them with. So yeah. how do you explain, Nick, uh, the smart tax franchise system to a potential buyer? Well, like I said, I looked into a, f- a franchise system or was looking into franchise systems before I built one, and... Uh, Inevitably, I made mistakes my first year or two. Now, the mistakes that I made were I just didn't know, not not so much that I was foolish or uh, I was just ignorant. I didn't know how to do it. Uh, what we've been able to put together is, you know, a complete marketing plan. Uh, you know, one of the questions that we have in our business is, gee, what banks do we align ourselves with? Um, more, you know, one of the important, other important things is where do you open up? Do you, do you, you know, is it on Main Street? Is it on, off the corner of Main Street? Where, where would uh, where would get you the most customers? Mm-hmm. That stuff we've uh, we've learned, we've figured out, we've partnered with people that can help us with that. Um, you know, how do you hire? How do you hire a staff? How do you train a staff? How do you manage a staff? Uh, what those are very important things. And if quite frankly, if you're opening up your own, you know, pizza shop or tax preparation service, well, how do you do that? So franchising is key to that. And for the amount of money that one pays for a franchise system, quite frankly, I've easily spent more money trying to figure that out than a franchise system would have cost me. Right. Um, so having built and uh, you know and put together a system like this one, uh, I, I would say if you're thinking about going into a business, if you like the, the tax preparation business, uh, look into a look, look into a franchise. It'll save you a lot of heartache and pain, mm. and uh, hopefully you look at ours. Yeah, it sounds like you you worked with some you know, pretty important people too in franchising too, Nick. You know, I, I saw there was a Steve Beagleman. I guess you were working with him. Um, yeah. As far as the mm-hmm. whole franchising thing goes, and we had we had Steve on our show, didn't we, Don? Um, yeah, I know Steve pretty well, and uh, I see him at the franchise shows. Probably see him this weekend. And uh, we even had uh, you know John Hewitt on the show a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, so we, we've worked with a lot of them, you know. But Steve, I mean, he's just uh, again when we had him on the show, we put him in our. We have this what's called great quotes in uh, franchising, Nick. You know, and mm-hmm. he had a couple of really. Wonderful quotes. It's just very uh, knowledgeable. Uh, probably one of the, I don't want to embarrass him, but one of the most knowledgeable people I've met when it comes to franchising. You know, so I, I think that's a, a, someone really great to work with. I could probably say, without reservation, that Steve is is one of one of the reasons, the main reason 
that we're able to get ourselves up and running and uh, look as good as we do, um, you know, in such a short period of time. I started having, uh, you know, franchise conversations um, maybe this time last year. Yeah. Um, and bringing someone like Steve on board really, you know, uh, you know, a lot of head scratching went away because Steve was there to guide us through and and take us uh, to the next level. I, I could, I mean, just the resources yeah. that he brings to the table is uh, invaluable. Yeah, because it Marty, is. Marty, we got to make sure we send uh, Steve an invoice for this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it, it is a different animal too, Nick, and I'm sure you're, you're learning that too as you, as you go along. You know, is. is um, you, you know the tax thing. You have the system down, and, and once you get into franchising, then that becomes another big venture, I guess. You know, um, mm. in, in dealing with your franchisees and things like that too. You well, know, so. Yeah, without question. One of the things that you know, Steve and uh, uh, Gary and Julie, who's my lawyer, he pointed out: this is not the tax business. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a completely different animal, and it is because you're, you're organizing, uh, you're organizing franchisees. You're, you're right. making sure the communication is there, uh, the systems are there to to, uh, to service them. Um, and I, I'd be honest with you, I learned that more so when I went to I was, for the first time. I went to the IFA convention right. in uh, San Antonio this year, and oh, okay, uh, you know how you'd be sitting with the guy. You know, I do tax preparation, and the guy next to me did. Uh, you know, marble countertops, and uh, <laughs> the guy to my right did, you know, hot wings or whatever, right. and uh, we were all having the exact same conversation. Exactly. Um, it wasn't a matter of what we were selling. It was how we service the franchisees, right. how do we make sure that they're successful, they're happy. Yeah, right. Well said. Yeah. Has technology played a role um, with SmartTax? Right. Uh, you know, it's a good question. I I often get asked, gee, with the advent of TurboTax and right. uh, you know online uh, this and online that, uh, you know, how has that hurt or helped you? And the reality right. is, you know, if you walked into a tax preparation office twenty some odd years ago, um, they'd all be there with you know a stack of papers, probably right. a little uh, you know organizer, and they'd whip out the pages as they needed them, and they'd fill them out with you staring at them. Um, <laughs> You go and uh, you know, and, and that person doing their own taxes twenty some odd years ago would probably have the same thing. They go to the library or wherever and pick up the forms and go home and sit at a table and fill it out. Well, they say that sixty percent of the people pay uh, have paper pairs. Twenty some odd years ago, it was sixty percent of the people had paper pairs. Right. Um, it hasn't hurt. The do-it-yourselfer is just using the be- you know the better way to do it yourself at this point. Uh, statistically speaking, it hasn't hurt a bit. It, and I would argue it, it helped us. Because the do-it-yourself would, will make mistakes today, I would imagine, and made mistakes oh, yeah. uh, back in the day more so than a professional would. But we now, as opposed to having the thick manual bias, uh, you know, that we would refer to, um, now it's all digital. Now it's all uh, updated constantly. Um, a franchisee, for example, calls me and he's scratching his head and can't figure out a particular form or situation. Mm. Well, well, heck, uh, you know, we're more knowledgeable. We can answer the question, or we can reach into their computer at this point and see what they see and kind of go, you know what, uh, do it this way or do it that way. So technology probably has helped us a heck of a lot more than it's hurt us. Wow. That's great. You have that ability, too, to actually look at the computer screen, what they're looking at, too. You know, I mean, it's uh, it really is fascinating. So it's like you said, it, it probably helps you more than hurts you, you know. So. Oh, absolutely. That and, uh, you know, another reason a franchise system would help is, you know, I, you know, not everybody, as you know, as being a small business owner, you you have to be a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main components of of a tax office, as you can imagine, is the computer systems. Well, well, I don't know about spooling on a printer and and all these <laughs> other things that inevitably right, will right. hang you up during the day. But uh, being part of a franchise system like ours, 
you give us a call, we reach into the computer, you know, we, we, we straighten out the problem for you, and uh, hopefully a lot quicker than you would have yourself. And that worry exactly. goes away. Yeah, we were talking a little earlier on segment one, too, Nick, about, you know, the great thing about franchising is, is sharing of best practices, you know, and that's going to be uh, interesting as, as your franchise continues to get bigger and bigger, you know, is the sharing of best practices, what works, what doesn't work, you know. So just uh-huh. so many great advantages into getting into uh, franchising. So it really is fantastic. Nick, we have to take a quick break. Are you able to stick around for another segment? Sure, no problem. Thanks. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002, Standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews. We're for over 12 years now. We've been asking the franchise of I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Meeting with Tad Burkhalter, the founder and CEO of Numbers House, who specializes in helping entrepreneurs legally start their businesses, as well as providing back-end office support and bookkeeping and payroll services. We're going to talk to Tab about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show.
The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchisepreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Tab Burkhalter, the founder and CEO of Numbers House, which specializes in helping entrepreneurs legally start their businesses, as well as providing back-end office support in bookkeeping and payroll services. Hi, Tab. How are you? Welcome to the show. Marty, thank you for having me today. Uh, this is my pleasure, Tab. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from today, Tab? Uh, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. So Knox- T- Tennessee is such a beautiful state, isn't it? It's gorgeous over here. Yeah, it's We have the mountains. We have states. the lakes. It reminds me a lot of Pennsylvania. I always said if I could live anywhere besides Pennsylvania, it would be Tennessee, uh, Tab, you know, because it's very similar. You know, we have the same thing. You know, we got the rivers, lakes, mountains, and all those things. But Tennessee is just a little bit warmer than Pennsylvania, you know, so it really is the perfect climate, isn't it? I, I believe so. We get to experience all four seasons of the year, and yeah. uh, we don't have massive potholes in between the roads on the interstate. <laughs> That's true. Not like Philadelphia. It's 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 something. But you know, it's really excited to have you on the show today, Tab, because I, I think you know this is an important show, particularly as we approach the end of the year. You know, maybe, maybe we could kind of start off like you know you could talk about you know how you came up with the idea for Numbers House because I think it's a really important service for our listeners. Well, where the where the idea came from is. I have been a serial entrepreneur my entire life, and Mm -hmm. we have had most of my background ever since I was seven years old was dealing with restaurant franchises. My dad was an attorney and a CPA, and we we were the the back office for a lot of restaurant franchises. They were getting off the ground and started, and we discovered that franchises are excellent at creating revenue. But the franchise owners and operators sometimes didn't understand all of the back end that kept their business going. Right. And so we decided that we would customize a company that provided that back end support for either the franchise or in wanting to make sure that they collected royalty payments and did proper audits and helping their franchises be as successful as possible. Mm-hmm. as well as providing the services for the franchisees on maximizing their tax deductions, taking care of their back end, 
reporting to their franchisors. So we fear we were in a unique situation to offer both sets of services. I think it's a great market to focus on, Tab, because, you know, as you know, you know, being an entrepreneur, I mean, there's, there's many different options when you go into business. You know, you don't necessarily have to go the franchise alternative. You know, you could start your own corporation, but, but franchising is, is a real special niche, and, and it seems like you have that feel and you're comfortable with working with, with franchises, don't you? Yeah, and working with franchises, I mean, we've worked with a variety of them to where some of them believe in are very heavy on that royalty payment from the franchise mm-hmm. or Others, they are more of a licensing where they want the name Mm -hmm. to build brand equity across the country. And then you have some where they just are wanting to expand territorially, so they'll sell territory rights and not really care what you do inside of that territory. And what we have discovered is it's important to understand the mindset behind the franchisor because those operating agreements or those franchise agreements can play significant roles when you're looking at how to account for income or expenses or or even growth inside of your market. Right. And I'll give you a brief example. We've got a we've got a restaurant franchise right now that's in West Virginia. The franchise the restaurant sold rights twenty one years ago to the I eighty one corridor through Tennessee, but it's wow. never been developed. Now then, we're trying to help our franchise in West Virginia expand down I-81 into the Tennessee market, but they don't have the territory rights. They've got the capital to expand, and so we're kind of having to step in and work with the franchisee as well as the franchisor say, what do you want? We don't mind expanding up to the Virginia state line on I-81, but... We mm-hmm. really want to get market penetration into Tennessee, but you sold the rights, but no one's developed it for 21 years. That's incredible. You hear all sorts so, of stories in franchising, don't you, Tab? <laughs> oh, it, it, is, it is a wonderful market to get into because no two franchises ever operate the exact same. Right, exactly. The um, the majority of our listeners, Tab, are we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, most of them, you know, they have it in their mind that they would like to get into franchising. What are the most common tax deductions franchise owners overlook? The, right, now, are you asking from the concept of the franchisor or the person that is operating a franchise as their own independent business? I would probably more so the franchisee because I think our listeners are going to be more franchisee-focused, although we do have franchisors, of course, listen to the show, but more the franchise owner or franchisee themselves. The a lot of the tax deductions that they that they start looking at is um, is capital investment mm-hmm. when they when they pay for their royalty how are they accounting for it if they have to do right. a large lump sum to purchase their franchise is it being properly um, amortized out uh, over the over a set time period I see and. And so those are a few things, but the larger ones that we get into is when their franchise or wants them to do a remodel, to do a new lease or to do a um, a refresh of their concept. Well, that could be significant dollars. Right. And our viewpoint is yes, it's an asset, but can we cost segregate that large expenditure and take it? So where some of it is is a 15-year asset, but some of it is also a three-year asset or a expense now. And that's where right. just spending money on a remodel isn't necessarily all-inclusive. You can break it up, and it's just a matter mm-hmm. of learning those those tactics. That's great. The uh, 
I, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Tab, but I, I think McDonald's is going through this right now. I saw an article, I think it was a week or two ago. I, I know where some of the McDonald's franchisees were upset because I know McDonald's wants to, I guess, remodel um, some of their units, you know, and, and I know they were expressing, you know, some fra- frustration in that. So I, I think that's very interesting. Um, one of the topics we spoke about, and this is going back, God, I think it's two or three years, we were talking about 401ks, and, and I know you can borrow from your 401k to start a franchise, but I, I guess the, the deep question is, should you? <laughs> There's a difference between, and that's an excellent question. We We were talking yesterday with a person who mm-hmm. wanted to pull money out of their 401k. Right. And we said, all right, let's look at it. If you borrow from your 401k, you might have an interest rate that you have to pay the money back at, which is right. fine. That's just like a traditional loan. But you don't have the 10% early withdrawal penalty. You do not have to pay income tax on that money, but you still right. get to create an income-producing uh, revenue. Others will look at it and say, well, we know we're going to have a lot of front-end costs, and because of those front-end costs, whatever we pull out from the 401k, the the losses from the franchise for that first-year startup are going to equal each other out. So right. from, a, from an income tax perspective, there might be it might result in a zero tax, but you still have got that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Right. Some people have even gone, and there are, and it's a little bit more tricky, where you roll your money over into a self-directed IRA. You then let your IRA buy part of the franchising rights, so that way the the 401k is investing the money into the franchise itself, not necessarily as a distribution, but you still get use of the funds. And that concept is is much more tricky. There's a lot of red tape that you jump through to make sure that that every I is dotted and every T is crossed. But right. there are ways that you can pull the money out to where it's not a loan and it's not subject to any type of a penalty or repayment. That's great to know. We had a, a woman on the show, I guess it was about two months ago, Tab, and, and her name was Christy Wilson-Delk, and she told the story of, of how she pulled all of her money out of her 401k, I think it was like 120,000, and, and her accountant advised her against it. He said, "Don't do this." You know, he said, "You're going to get, you know, this, this was like 40 percent or something like that." She didn't have the same type of um, example that, that you were just discussing. She believed in it so much, you know, and thank God everything worked out. She ended up eventually, I think it was 10 years later, she ended up selling the business for like eight million dollars. But um, she really had to think about it, you know. I mean, it was very risky, you know. So uh, it, it's interesting, you know, how you, you give alternatives to, to, to kind of getting around, you know, those those taxes because, you know, that really is so important. I mean, you know, franchising is not a 100% guarantee, is it? You know, I think some people, our listeners, sometimes they have this perception that if you buy a franchise, statistically it's going to make it, you know. And there might be some truth behind certain brands, but it, it's not always 100%, is it? No, I mean, we're dealing with one right now where we um, – it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a very popular restaurant franchise. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the owner had two locations in Tampa. And in, in, here in Knoxville, the franchise has done exceptionally well. But right. the location of the two franchises in Tampa in under five years, both went belly up, and now the franchisor or the franchisee – is on the hook for about a million dollars in taxes, 
royalty payments, franchise agreements, and there's nothing left to show for it. So not every franchise is going to be a home run. You, it's still a business. You still have to work right. it. And you can make poor management decisions that will affect your restaurant or or any or any franchise. I say restaurant because that's my background, right. but any franchise, right. be it a Midas or be it a, a, mm-hmm. a um, or any of them. Right, any type of franchise. For, from your experience, Tab, you know why why do most businesses fail? Is it is it because of undercapitalization? Is it because of like the example you were just talking about location? We, we had an example here in Eastern Pennsylvania of a big franchise. I was surprised they they went out of business, but they were in a very odd location, and I figured it had to be the location that was you know the reason that they kind of went under. But what are some of the reasons most businesses fail? Uh, the number one reason that we see is the is the owner is not used to managing the rapid influx of cash that comes with those businesses. Mm-hmm. So right. there's proper forecasting of cash needs. So they right. they buy into a rest or they buy into a franchise. Now they've got payroll taxes. Then they have right. a business tax. Then they have sales tax. I mean, by the time you get into a business, you're looking at six to seven new taxes, and I have yet to find a school that teaches anything about taxation in right. our elementary or high school process. That's true. That's a so problem the first, isn't it, in our country. It, it is. I mean, well, the, the the cash flow management of your taxes is the first one. The second one is just people being able to find your business, and that gets back into your location comment. If you don't have a good location, you can have the best product in the world, but if people can't find you, they're never going to be able to buy it. That's interesting. A lot of our listeners have they you know, they start off as usually a single unit franchisee, you know, and as the business starts to become somewhat successful, you know, they start looking into a second franchise location. From your experience, what are or are there financial and tax implications of opening a second location. When you start looking at that second location, uh-huh. the tax implications aren't as much as because you're you're all that you're doing is you're hopefully you're just adding additional revenue. Now then, if right. you're in a business to where you get tax credits for investing in lower income areas, or tax credits because you do uh, tip reporting through your franchise, then then those second and third opportunities open up more doors for you. Um, right. But the the bigger consideration is going to be is you have successfully operated the franchise. Are you If you open up a second location, how close is it to your first one, and are you going to cannibalize your revenue right. from one market to another? In Knoxville, we, we – in Knoxville, we have uh, – it's pretty much divided up based on which side of the interstate you are on and okay. then what side of the major four-lane uh, artery you are, you're on. So it's almost divided into four quadrants. And there was, a restu- there was a grocery store chain that came into town, bought five sites, and could not understand why the sites were not doing well. One was right. doing great. But the other three uh, were not, and then a, four, a fifth one they just decided not to do. And what they realized is they basically put three into one quadrant, although mileage, 
they were all equidistant apart, but from the right. concept of where the, the the boundaries were between the interstate and highways, three of them all cannibalized off each other. Wow. And it and there's just knowing the mindset of your market, of the people that you're going to be servicing. Are they willing to drive across the bridge to get to you? Will they cross the interstate? I was going to say, you know, this has been one of the themes of, 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 of our show, Tab. You know, we've been doing the show now over 12 years. And, you know, when someone's looking to expand, you know, or even get into franchising, we always do advise, you know, that they don't just pick any accountant or any attorney. You know, we always say, you know, find someone like yourself that, that has experience with franchising or, yeah, find someone who has experience as, as being a franchise Attorney, you know, I'm always surprised when I hear stories like this of, of people who it, it's almost like they didn't even they never talked to anyone about it. They just kind of did it on their own. And you kind of wonder why didn't they speak to someone like yourself first before making that move? Why do you think that happens? I think a lot of people are nervous. We live in a very jaded society mm, and people yeah. are afraid of sharing their dreams with others. Right. So right. they are afraid of finding people that or or really talking to a lot of people until they've pulled that trigger. I and mean, we had a a, com, or a common joke that we had started a product called Potty Targets and probably did this 18 years ago, mm-hmm. but it started off as a joke between me and some friends out of Bournemouth, England. And the point was that we will help a client succeed in their business as long as they're willing to give us the idea and help them and as long as they're honest with their answers, because we want right. them to succeed. But society itself doesn't want people to succeed. Right. And so I think that people that become franchise owners, they want something better for themselves. They want to provide right. something better for their family, but they're afraid of going out and talking to people about it. So they try to do it as much with Google as they can, mm-hmm. and then they pull the trigger, and they, and they just needed two or three hours of some proper guidance. Right, exactly. I um I got into a business many years ago. This is going back almost twenty years ago, uh, Tab. Where got into this business, um, somewhat successful, and um, the problem was we didn't have an exit strategy. And when I wanted to get out of the business, <laughs> you can imagine it was very messy. And 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 I find that this is common, uh, you know, a, a, amongst a lot of entrepreneurs is that they don't have an exit strategy. What what are the exit strategies for franchise owners? That's an excellent question because it depends upon the franchise itself. The franchisor, some of them will allow uh, you to basically transfer your franchise agreement from one generation to the next, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it's owned by a corporation. Others will have the franchise agreement be renewable every five years to where you could you could spend your capital, get it up and going, and then if they don't like how you're operating it, Right. They can elect not to renew it, and then you're stuck with with a location that you don't own anymore. You've spent your time, you've guaranteed the lease, but the franchisor comes back in and takes it back over because they decide not to renew your franchise agreement. So wow. the the type of franchise agreement that you execute will determine a lot of what your exit strategy will look like. Is this a 10-year investment? Is this a five-year investment? Is this a lifetime investment? We've we've right. got one. Where, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, this is something that you do have to talk about 
before you even start, right, Tab? I mean, I, it's it's uh, again that was I think one of I don't say my biggest life learning lesson. But I always say, why didn't I talk about it when we got into it? I just think we had you know these these big dreams of of you know making a lot of money, and for some reason it just never occurred to us that okay, what's going to happen when one of us want to get out of the business? And I, it, it seems to happen more often in entrepreneurship. And and I've always felt that we should talk about this more in the show, which is why, you know, I wanted to have someone on yourself like the show to, to address this. This is a very important topic, isn't it? Well, uh, the exit strategy, yes. And and it is the, the, the messiest part. It's kind of like a divorce. No one goes into a marriage right. expecting right. There, there to be a divorce. Right. But with business – you can go into a business franchise knowing that at one day you will die. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are all right. going to die. So right. we at least need to understand what we're leaving for our kids or for our heirs to have to clean up. So it's very good for us to have a good exit strategy from that business. We're not saying because we're going to fail or because we're going to dissolve the partnership, but we know there will be an end termination point. And what do we want that to look mm-hmm. like? Right, and then you work backwards from there. That's fantastic. It's so important. What's the best way for our listeners to have to get more information um, on, on all the services that you provide to our listeners and, and the franchise community? Are there any websites that you like them to go to to check out, or any phone numbers that you like them to call? Well, for the phone numbers, um, the best way to reach our office is eight six five nine eight four four zero eight zero. The website is The Numbers House, all one word, thenumbershouse.com, and look us up one of those two ways. That's fantastic. I've really enjoyed having you on the show today, Tab, and I'd like to invite you back again because I think there's more to talk about. You know, again, it is such an important topic, and I think you provide a great service, so I'd like to invite you back uh, over the next year or so. Hey, I would love to be back on the show with you again, Marty, and you have a great time. You too, Tab. It was great having you on the show. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers... Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. And as the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. 
our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. Reach podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Franchise Interviews has been hosting this show now over eight years, and we've done over 400 shows. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we actually started off as a newsletter in 2006. We had a handful of subscribers, and um, the newsletter started to build over time. And we got a proposal to turn the newsletter into a radio show. And I originally said no to the idea. I was terrified about doing a radio show. And I thought about it for about three days, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. And doing the radio show has really been, I would say, one of the top five or top ten things that's happened you know, over my life. So it's been a real amazing opportunity. We've interviewed some amazing people from um, uh, Michael Gerber to the guest you're going to hear today, Melanie Bergeron. Melanie is in our Great Quotes and Franchising podcast for today, and she is the chair of Two Men in a Truck, and she was on our six-year anniversary show. We put a lot of thought as far as who we'd like to have on the anniversary show, and she was a perfect choice, a wonderful interview. And one of the questions we asked Melanie on the show was, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? And, of course, her response was brilliant. So here we go with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising with Melanie Bergeron, the chair of Two Men in a Truck. To go or grow, they add a right. truck, add a truck, add a truck. And then if, depending on what the economy is doing, then you, you could take a truck out if you had to. Whereas with other franchise systems, you usually have to add a store, right. add a yeah. location, um, it's just another another beautiful thing. I'm using every second of your time I can to no, encourage it, it, people it, to think about this business as an opportunity. It, 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 it's an amazing opportunity. And, you know, I guess I could officially call you an expert. I know that I believe you are a, was a certified franchise expert. And one of the questions we've been asking on the show, Melanie, for the last six years is, you know, what advice would you give to our listeners? We call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, so many of them know they want to get into a franchise opportunity, but it seems, I don't know, it seems a little more difficult today because there's just so much out there. And I think a lot of our listeners, they just simply don't know where to begin. I think they get a little overwhelmed. What would you say to them as an expert in franchising? I would look at the concept and um, think about who the audience is that you'll be working with because no matter what product or service it is, it's not really the product or service, it's who you're delivering to. And, um, you know, is this an audience that you could be comfortable with? I guess that would be the first thing I would look at. Second, are there unit economics? Third, is this a fad? Is it going to be around 10 years from now? Um, Fourth, how expensive is it? to get involved? Are you going to be able to get a loan for it? You know, five, is it going to be difficult to learn this product or service, or will it be pretty easy to learn and teachable to others? Um, Also look for state regulations. Is there anything, is there a location available in your 
city or state, are there special regulations toward that product or service? Because a lot of products and services are regulated, and I'll tell you, moving is. Um, but the biggest thing your listeners can do is call as many, uh, once they receive the permission, call as many of the franchisees in that system that they can. And a couple red flags, if you get the FDD from a company and there is not an item number 19, and that shows um, just shows average numbers that right. franchisees make, that's a red flag, and find out why they don't have that in their FDD. Secondly, when you when the um, prospect does receive permission to call franchisees and they give you a very short list, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. And yeah. um, I, it'd be nice to my truck. We give the whole, all of our franchisees, even people that have left the system, because we want that prospect to call as many people as possible. And if they say, I would never do this, no, I would, I made a big mistake, then the prospect should ask, well, you sound disappointed. Would you do it all over again? And if they say never, then it might be good for the prospect to say, then would you be willing to sell your location? The mm. truth will bubble up in that answer. And then keep in mind, if we, um, it's not often this happens, but if we had a prospect called two men in a truck, and they said, we talked to this um, franchisee, and they don't like the way you do things, then we would probably say, you you know what, you won't be happy in our system then because that is how right. we do things. So I think uh, for a prospect, they're going to get a bulk of their education by checking references. Very, 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 very important. Wow, that's a great question. I never heard that before, you know, in, in all the years I've been studying franchising is, you know, if someone said, you know, they, they never would have got into it again, then you say, well, would you sell me yours? And they said no. <laughs> you know, I would be like, well, okay, I never thought of that. I mean, that's that's very clever. I, you know, I had a feeling your response would, would, would be, you know, nothing less than spectacular. You know, it, it's it's. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Melanie Bergman, the chair of Two Men in a Truck, you can actually go to FranchiseInterviews.com. You can go to our Franchises Listed Alphabetically page and just go to Two Men in a Truck. You can go to our Franchises by Category page and go to our Home Services page. And um, we'd like to thank everyone again for making this podcast and this show such a big success. It's amazing that we've been doing it now eight years, and we hope to do it another eight years. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.